This is a Media Grimes special report. Remembering the life and legacy of two civil rights icons, Congressman John Lewis of Georgia and Reverend Dr. C.T. Villian. Today is Sunday, July 26th. Here's Josh Grimes anchoring. Good day and welcome to this Media Grimes special report. Today we look back at the life and legacy of both Congressman John Lewis and Reverend Dr. C.T. Villian. They both passed away on Friday, July 17th. Reverend C.T. Villian was the first to be laid to rest. It happened this past Thursday after a celebration of life at Providence Missionary Baptist Church in Atlanta, Georgia. This past Friday, the final schedule for Congressman John Lewis was made public. Before we detail the schedule for Congressman Lewis, let's begin by sharing his life and legacy from the July 18th episode, which includes a note to self from Congressman Lewis himself. The first American figure we are remembering today was the last surviving speaker at the March of Washington, the last survivor of the big six civil rights activists, was known as the conscience of Congress and also the lion's last heartbeat of the civil rights movement. John Lewis, the 17-term congressman of Georgia's 5th Congressional District, has sadly passed away Friday night at the age of 80 after a strong battle with stage 4 cancer, which he announced to the public near the end of December 2019. Congressman Lewis began his activism while being educated at the American Baptist Theological Seminary in Nashville by organizing sit-ins at segregated lunch counters downtown. Three years after meeting Dr. King and four years after meeting Rosa Parks, Congressman Lewis was one of the original 13 Freedom Riders that included seven whites and only six blacks. Lewis also was the first freedom rider to be assaulted while they were in South Carolina while trying to enter into a whites-only waiting room. In a quote, Congressman Lewis said, We are determined to let any act of violence keep us from our goal. We knew our lives could be threatened, but we had made up our minds not to turn back. Those words remain to be true as he was a founding member and a chairman of the Student Nonviolent Nonviolent Coordinating Committee. As he helped to organize and speak at the March on Washington, being the youngest of the big six, and also as being a prominent figure in Selma, leading a march of 600 protesters to Montgomery on a day that will go down in history as Bloody Sunday across the Edmund Pettus Bridge. His activism didn't end with Bloody Sunday, but continued beginning in 1977 with a failed run to Congress and with a a successful 1981 and 1986 run for the city council which started his political career. After serving on the council, the name Congressman came beginning in 1986 as he won the 5th Congressional District 
to the House of Representatives in a 75% to 25% vote. Congressman Lewis was re-elected to the same seat 16 more times until his death on Friday. While in Congress, he continued his activism by doing boycotts and sit-ins with the most recent being, being in 2016, when Democrats refused to leave the House chamber for nearly 26 hours while demanding House Speaker Paul Ryan to allow a vote on gun safety legislation in the Orlando nightclub shooting aftermath. Congressman Lewis was chair of the Oversight Committee and was a member of 40 caucuses, caucuses including the Congressional Black Caucus. Congressman Lewis received many recognitions and awards, which include the Presidential Medal of Freedom by former President Barack Obama in 2011. Lewis also walked hand-in-hand -hand with President Obama on the 50th anniversary of Bloody Sunday. Here is a note to self by the late Congressman that CBS This Morning had in 2017. Young John Lewis, you're so full of passion. In your lifetime, you will be arrested 45 times in your mission to have redeemed the soul of America. In 1956, when you were only 16 years old, you and some of your brothers and sisters and first cousins went down to the public library trying to get library cards, trying to check out some books. And you were told by the librarian that the library was for whites only, not for colors. I said to you now, when you see something that is not right, not fair, not just, you have a moral obligation to continue to speak up to speak out. You became so inspired by Dr. King and Rosa Parks that you got involved in the civil rights movement. Something touched you and suggested that you write a letter to Dr. King. You didn't tell your teachers, you didn't tell your mother and your father. Dr. King wrote you back and invited you to come to Montgomery. In the meantime, you have been admitted to a little school in Nashville, Tennessee. And it was there that you got involved in the sit-in. You'll be sitting there in an orderly, peaceful, nonviolent fashion, and someone will come up and spit on you. Or put a light cigarette down your back, pour hot water, hot coffee, hot chocolate on you. <laughs> got arrested the first time and you felt so free you felt liberated you felt like you had crossed over free at last free at last thanks God Almighty you probably would never believe it but the boy from Troy as Dr. King used to call you who become the embodiment of nonviolence in America we 
wake up, America. Wake up, for we cannot stop, and we will not and cannot be patient. Two years after you speak at the march on Washington, you will see the face of death leading the march for voting across the Pettus Bridge in Selma. A marching today from Selma to Montgomery. We're marching to our state capital to dramatize to our nation and to the world our determination to win first prize citizenship. Troopers here advance toward the group. <laughs> left bloody we thought you were going to die but you would make it you would live to see your mother and father cast their first votes the change we need doesn't come from washington change comes to washington you also live to see this segregated nation you live in still an african-american president and his family to the White House. And guess what? Guess what, young John? That some divine providence, as it is to send a message down through the ages, that man will be nominated on the 45th anniversary of the March on Washington. all of those signs that you saw as a little child that said white men colored men white women colored women those signs are gone and the only places you will see those signs today will be in a book in a museum on a video john thank you for going to the library with your brothers, your sisters, and cousins. You were denied a library card. You were sad. But one day, you've been elected to the Congress. You wrote a book called Walking with the Wind. And the same library invited you to come back for a book signing where blacks and white citizens showed up. And after the book signing, they gave you a library card. And believe as Dr. King and A. Philip Randolph and others taught you, that we're one people. And it doesn't matter whether we're black or white, Latino, Asian American, or Native American. And maybe our foremothers and our forefathers all came here in different ships. We're all in the same boat now. John, you understood the words of Dr. King when he said we must learn to live together as brothers and sisters. If not, we would perish as fools.
Since his passing, many of his friends and Americans have reflected on his life. Here are some statements from some of those people. Speaker of the House Nancy Pelosi said, Congressman Lewis was a titan of the civil rights movement, whose goodness, faith, and bravery transformed our nation. Every day of his life was dedicated to bring, bringing freedom and justice to all. Former President Obama writing, not many of us get to live to see our own legacy play out in such a meaningful, remarkable way. John Lewis did. Senator Majority Leader Mitch McConnell writing, Congressman Lewis was a pioneering civil rights leader who put his life on the line to fight racism, promote equal rights, and bring our nation into greater alignment with its founding principles. The last one for this portion comes from some of the late Dr. King's family, beginning with Martin Luther King III. John Lewis was an American treasure. He gave a voice to the voiceless, and he reminded each of us that the most powerful nonviolent tool is the vote. Our hearts feel empty without our friend, but we find comfort knowing that he is free at last. Dr. King's daughter, Reverend Bernice King wrote, Farewell, sir. You did, indeed, fight the good fight and get into a lot of good trouble. You serve God and humanity. Well, thank you. Take your rest. Congressman Lewis was born on February 21, 1940, in Pike County, Alabama, outside the town of Troy. He grew up on his family's plantation. Lewis was the third of 10 children, born to his parents, Willie May and Eddie Lewis, who were sharecroppers. Lewis is preceded in death by his wife of four decades, who died in 2012. Lewis leaves behind his son, John Miles Lewis. Today, we remember the life and legacy of a true American hero, pioneer, lion of the civil rights movement, and conscience of Congress, John Robert Lewis, who died Friday at the age of 80. The schedule for the celebrations for Congressman Lewis is as followed. It began this past Friday with a memorial service called A Service Celebrating the Boy from Troy in Troy, Alabama for his hometown at Troy University. Congressman Lewis's body laid in repose after the service concluded. Later that evening, the city of Selma celebrated Congressman Lewis's life at Brown Chapel AME Church. The congressman's body also laid and repose at the church after the service concluded. Then, on this morning, July 26, the body of Congressman Lewis took the final crossing over the Edmund Pettus Bridge, where the bloody Sunday incident occurred 55 years ago, on March 7, 1965. After a brief processional, Congressman Lewis will lie in repose at the Alabama State Capitol.
When the congressman arrives back in Washington, D.C. overnight, he will be taken to the United States Capitol Rotunda, where there will be a special ceremony, and Congressman Lewis will have the honor to lie and repose in the Capitol through Tuesday evening. The congressman will then be taken from Washington to his final destination, the city of Atlanta, overnight. On Wednesday afternoon, there will be a special ceremony this time at Georgia State Capitol, followed by Congressman Lewis's body lying in repose for one last time. In between the times the public pays their respects, that evening his fraternity, Phi Beta Sigma, will have an Omega service in the rotunda. Finally, on Thursday at 11 a.m., Congressman Lewis's celebration of life will happen at the historic Ebenezer Baptist Church in Atlanta, Georgia. The congressman's interment will happen thereafter at the South Museum Cemetery. Just as a reminder, coverage of the celebrations for Congressman Lewis will be covered by the local channels as well as the national channels, with some being streamed live, interrupting scheduled programming, and others being streamed online, most likely through YouTube, Facebook, and other social media. Now on to the Reverend C.T. Billion. Here's a look back at his life and legacy from what was written for the July 18th broadcast. There was another American figure of the civil rights movement that also died on Friday. Reverend Dr. C.T. Billion, a close friend and key advisor to Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. died Friday morning at the age of 95 of natural causes. Dr. Villian was best known for marching alongside Dr. King during the civil rights movement. Dr. Villian began his advocation for justice and equality in the late 40s by staging sit-ins. This was a dozen years before the lunch counter protests by college students went on to the national news. It wasn't until a little bit after the 1955 Montgomery bus boycott, which according to NBC News, a demonstration spurred by Rosa Parks' refusal to give up her seat to a white writer, when Dr. Villian met Dr. King for the first time. Dr. Villian helped to organize to participate in the Freedom Rides, the first civil rights march, and eventually became a member of a group that would later be called the Southern Christian Leadership Conference. Dr. Villian is also known to have challenged a segregationist sheriff while helping black voters in Selma, Alabama register to vote. Dr. Villian was also a leader that marched across the Edmund Pettus Bridge. Dr. Villian was honored in 2013 by President Obama as a recipient of the Presidential Medal of Freedom. In a tweet, President Obama wrote that Dr. Villian was always one of the first in the action. A freedom rider, a marcher in Selma, beaten, jailed, almost killed, observing blows in hope that few of us would have to. He waged 
nonviolent campaigns for integration across the South and campaigns for economic justice throughout the North, knowing that even after the Voting Rights Act and Civil Rights Act that he helped win, a long journey to equality was nowhere near finished. I have to imagine that seeing the largest protest movement in history unfold over his final months gave the Reverend a final dose of hope. Others also tweeted out their condolences. The Martin Luther King Jr. Center wrote, Reverend C.T. Villian, courageous, brilliant, sacrificial, a powerfully well-lived life that lifted humanity. We will miss you. Thank you, sir. The head of the National Action Network located in Atlanta, Reverend Al Sharpton, wrote, the passing of C.T. Villian should cause us to pause and celebrate the life and sacrifice of this giant. He made this nation and world a better place. Rest in peace, my friend. The former Atlantic mayor that also walked alongside Dr. King, Andrew Young, said that Dr. Villian has always been one of the people who had the most insight, wisdom, integrity, and dedication. Cordy Tyndale Villian was born in Missouri on July 28, 1924. Dr. Villian was a 1942 graduate of Ma High and attended Western Illinois University for his higher education. Dr. Villian became the sports editor for the newspaper at that university. Dr. Villian went on to continue his education at the American Baptist College in Nashville, Tennessee. After meeting James Lawson, who was teaching Gandhi's nonviolent direct action, Dr. Villian and some of the Lawson students, that included the late Congressman John Lewis, organized the national sit-ins. Dr. Villian wrote some books that deals with the civil rights movement. One includes Black Power and the American Myth. Dr. Villian also founded slash co-founded several workplaces served in Reverend Jesse Jackson's 1984 campaign as the National Deputy for Clergy, continued to speak at workshops, conferences nationally and internationally, consulted with five U.S. presidents, and was featured in documentaries and television specials. According to a statement by Dr. Villian's family, they are heartbroken at the loss of our father, but proud of his lifelong work to free America from tradition of racism, hate, and violence. He loved all mankind and will be missed. Reverend Villian was preceded in death by his wife, Octavia, of 60 years, who passed away in 2011. Reverend Villian is survived by his children, Denise Morse, Kyra Holden, Joanna Walker, Jerry's Thornton, Mark Villian, and Al Villian, as well as his grandchildren. Today, we remember the greatest preacher who ever lived, as what Martin Luther King Jr. III said, and civil rights icon, Reverend Dr. C. T. Villian, who died Friday morning at the age of 95. Just like I spoke in the beginning of the special report, 
Reverend Dr. C.T. Billion's celebration of life occurred this past Thursday at Providence Missionary Baptist Church in Atlanta, Georgia. This celebration was powerful and inspiring. His stepdaughter, Reverend Deanna Joel Villian, presided over the service as the liturgist. The pastor of Providence Missionary Baptist, Reverend Demon Williams, officiated and cleaned the microphones after each speaker. Reverend Dr. Gerald Durley, who is, quote, a supporter of C.T. Villian, his pastor, his friend, his confidant, end quote, gave the eulogy, and many members of the civil rights family took part in the service as well. Here is two reports from WXIA in Atlanta, Georgia. The first while the service was going on, and the other a wrap-up of the service. Good everyone, I'm Sheba Russell. And I'm Jeff Hollinger. Reverend Vivian, an author, an intellectual, close friend and advisor to Dr. King, died last Friday at his home around 3 a.m. He was 95, born Cordy Tyndall Vivian, July 28, 1924, in Boonville, Missouri. He made his first step into the civil rights movement in the United States when he took part in a lunch counter sit-in in Peoria, Illinois, back in the 1940s when he was still in high school. He later went on to participate in the Freedom Rides, marched alongside his friend, Dr. Martin Luther King Jr., and became an early and active member of the group that would later become the Southern Christian Leadership Conference. He consulted five presidents on civil rights issues, and he was awarded the Presidential Medal of Freedom, the nation's highest civilian honor, by former President Barack Obama back in 2013 for his leadership during the movement. Vivian was married to his wife, Octavia, for nearly 60 years, and she died in 2011. He leaves behind six children and a host of grandchildren. We're told his six grandsons are serving as pallbearers today, and we want to go now to 11 Elias Naima Abdullahi, who is outside Providence Missionary Baptist Church, where the service, a moving service, is taking place now. Jeff, we've been here for a few hours right now, and we are waiting for that service to wrap up outside of the church. Let's kind of paint the scene for you. There are flowers set up. There is not a large crowd, obviously, because of the pandemic, and there's not a large crowd inside. But there has been so many tributes all over the world for this legend, this icon who meant so much to so many different people. And the message is inside the church right now. One other thing we really want to show you also is there is a small group of people right there uh, wearing um, blue overalls. The iconic outfit of Hosea Williams. If you know anything about Hosea Williams, you would know that not only is he a civil rights icon, but that outfit is so iconic and representative of everything he stood for. And in addition to that, he was a dear friend of C.T. Vivian. He was a dear friend of Benjamin E. Mays. He was a dear friend of Ralph David Abernathy and MLK as well. Right now inside the church, so many moving tributes from his family, his friends with a key element that if this very moment does not inspire you, I don't know what will. God did not give us a spirit of fear, but of love, power, and a sound mind. I always say fear doesn't leave us. We leave it with every step we take. And it is evident in that video that Dr. Vivian was not afraid. He was a man of courage and he was a man of action. If this does not inspire you, I don't know what will. I want to take a step back and thank uh, Karen Lowry. 
for her beautiful rendition of the Lord's Prayer. I was truly blessed by it. And to know that she herself suffered a loss this year of her own father, the Reverend Joe Lowry, and for her to take time to be here for our family is truly amazing. And it is a testimony of the closeness of the civil rights families. Dr. Vivian was more than just a friend. He was my heart. He was my soul. I would not be the person that I am today if it was not for Dr. Vivian. And this tribute is streaming live on 11alive.com and also on the YouTube page. If you want to check it out, make sure you tune in right now on the service. Again, this is a well-deserved service for a man who lived to be 95 years old. Uh, a key advisor for Dr. King, a man who made such a big difference in Atlanta, in Selma, in Nashville, at the sit-ins, in Peoria, Illinois, when his movement, his passion started in 1947. A well-deserved tribute for a job well done and a life well lived. We'll continue bringing you guys coverage on air and online. Back to you. Naima, a small crowd inside Providence Missionary Baptist Church there because of COVID-19. We heard one of the speakers mention Mayor Keisha Lance Bottoms there. Any other dignitaries you're seeing that have walked into the church or are perhaps sitting there in the church? Right now, I've actually been tuned in to the service from my phone, making sure I don't miss any key elements of powerful moments that are being said inside. Also, with face masks as they are further away from us, where we're standing right now is away from people. But, you know, as they walk in, sometimes it is hard to tell exactly because of them protecting themselves during this time of the pandemic. So it's hard to tell from our vantage point of where we are right now. But we're pretty sure that if you are anyone of a certain uh, significance in the political arena here in Metro Atlanta, and that at this very moment you would be inside to pay tribute to a man who paved the way for so many. All right, well, thank you so much, Naima. Yesterday, Reverend Vivian was given one of the rarest honors in our state to lie in honor at the Georgia State Capitol and people who loved him gathered around his back casket, which was covered by the state flag. Governor Kemp? also spoke at the service. He says not only will Reverend Vivian be remembered as a civil rights icon, he will be remembered for his heart. We know Dr. Vivian was a bold leader, but after having the opportunity to meet him, I can also say he was just a really a nice man. He leaves behind a great work, one that each of us has the opportunity to build on. It has been a very difficult week for Atlanta, Georgia, and the nation. Two civil rights warriors, icons, leaders, legends dying within hours of each other. Congressman John Lewis also dying last Friday after battling pancreatic cancer. His family holding off on announcing funeral arrangements until tomorrow so that the focus can remain on Reverend Vivian and his hard-fought battle for civil rights that not only changed and shaped our city, but our region and our country as a whole, 11 Alive continuing coverage of Reverend Vivian's memorial. You can watch the service live on our 11 Alive YouTube page and on our sister station, Channel 36 WATL. Also, you will find much more in the lives and legacies of Reverend Vivian and Congressman Lewis on a special section of our website, 11alive.com.
goodbye to the greatest man you've ever known. That came from the son of Reverend C.T. Vivian at a powerful memorial service today in Southeast Atlanta, saying goodbye and saying thank you to one of the titans of the civil rights movement, from dignitaries to Oprah, to Ambassador Young, to friends and family, their message was to continue the fight for equality and justice in his name. Here's Naeem Abdullahi. From an elder to an ancestor, inside the service, trailblazer and civil rights icon C.T. Vivian was remembered for making a name for himself during a time where taking a stand meant sitting down on a lunch counter, meant being on the front lines of marches and protests in the middle of brutal confrontations during Jim Crow South, and constantly, always putting his life on the line to advance the movement forward. There's a sweet, sweet spirit. From 1947 to his last years on this earth, C.T. Vivian dedicated his life to demanding what America promised on paper, with liberty and justice for all, that all men are created equal. His name will be eternal because of all of the things that he did. He's the epitome of a gentleman. And of course, we all know he's a quiet warrior. Proving to the world during the harsh times that he was not tragically colored, but rather God made him black and he did it on purpose. And I have that right to do so. His name is eternal because God, God gave him a good name. Whether it meant taking a beating or facing a white mob without showing intimidation, C.T. Vivian lived to tell his story while many others did not. Once in a lifetime, God sends to the world a giant among men. C.T. is a prophet. From the Montgomery bus boycott to the Freedom Rides, the Birmingham campaign to the Children's Crusade, and the 1963 March on Washington, he remained on the front lines and now reunited with those he stood alongside. Dr. King, Hosea Williams, Ralph David Abernathy, and now departing on the same day as the icon John Lewis. Reverend C.T. Vivian, we are better because he existed. I would describe his preaching as an echo from heaven. And everyone inside the service had the same message that this very moment should inspire the next generation of leaders, that they make sure they dedicate their lives to something far greater than themselves, to mankind, and that they leave the world far better than they found it. I was thinking about how he was such a great presence and great impact over such a long span of time, Aisha. And yet in this service, there were these moments where you realized, you know, the, the father, these kind of personal moments. His son-in-law told the story about how Reverend C.T. Vivian officiated his daughter's wedding and just happened to leave out the part about you may kiss the bride now. It's just really touching. And so many personal moments were shared in ways that we didn't have the opportunity to know him because we always saw him on the front lines and speaking of the civil rights movement. So I think this was very touching for us to get a sneak peek of those intimate moments with the family, Cheryl. Thank you for listening to this special report on the life and legacy of two civil rights icons. Before we wrap, here's a clip from Reverend C.T. Villian's celebration of life. Here's Reverend Damon Williams. Amen. Brothers and sisters, have we not worshiped the Lord and celebrated the life of this great man? 
the Reverend Dr. C.T. Vivian. To all of the many leaders who are here, to all of the many family members who are here in the sanctuary, and to all of our brothers and sisters all across the world who are worshiping with us, we are so grateful and so thankful. I've been informed that President Kausa of the Sikhs is here, and I thank you so much for your presence and support of this family. Amen. At this time, would all who are not the family please stand? At every homegoing celebration, I point out that everyone calls family members in the season of a homegoing. Everyone brings food by the family's house. Everyone sends emails and text messages and checks in on them. The question is, who is going to check on the Vivian family a week from now, a month from now, six months from now? Who is going to check on the Lowry family, the Lewis family, the Vivian family, the King family? As much as you have shown your love by being present here today, as much as you have shown your love by streaming with us, show that love by continuing to check on these families because they always checked on us and took care of us. Listen to these instructions. In just a moment, I'm going to offer the benediction. Following the benediction, the clergy are going to exit the pulpit to my right, cross in front of Dr. Vivian to my left, and we're going to exit up that aisle right there. I will ask that you would stand and hold in place. At that time, the service will be in the hands of Willie Watkins Funeral Home, and they will direct the recessional for who is to follow in order as we exit the church this way, going down to Benjamin E. May's drive. Please allow the funeral home to give you your instructions so that you know when to move. Once you get outside, after Dr. Vivian is placed, we ask that you move expeditiously to your cars. Join us for the interment at Westview Cemetery. To the family of Dr. Vivian, I will tell you like I tell every family at a homegoing celebration, the Bible does not tell you how to grieve. The Bible simply says in the final chapter of Deuteronomy that you must grieve. So in the coming days, weeks, and months, you do whatever you have to do to grieve the loss of Dr. Vivian. But do not grieve like a people who have no hope. Your father knew the Lord, and that same faith that was in him is also in you. Brothers and sisters, the benediction is a blessing. It is a gift. It is my gift to you. And when someone gives you a gift, please don't close your eyes and look down, but look me right in my eye. May the Lord bless you. May the Lord keep you. May the Lord reach you. And may the Lord teach you all the days of your life. And now, even now, may the grace of God and the sweet communion of God's Holy Spirit may it rest and rule and abide with you and with you and with all of you, both henceforth now and forevermore. And all of God's children who love the Lord and who love Dr. Vivian, we all said together, Amen. One day.
this has been a special edition of the Meteorons podcast. Come back on August 1st for what will most likely be the final episode of the season.